at the end of the day, who your customer base is, who your competition is, who your growers that you got to know all of them. There is yeah. no such thing as too much research. Know it in and out, everything about them, because you've got to sell their products. You've got to set yourself apart. You've got to ingrain yourself in that community so that you have a loyal base. Welcome to the KayaCast, the podcast for cannabis businesses looking to launch, grow, and scale their operations. Each week, we bring you interviews with industry experts and successful retailers, plus practical tips and strategies to help you succeed in the fast-growing cannabis industry. Welcome back to the Kaya Cast podcast. I'm your host, Tom Mulhern. And today I have a conversation that I'm excited to share from my time at MJ BizCon. When I was there, I sat down with Monica Werkheiser and Monica is the Director of Operations at Canna Remedies out of Ewing, New Jersey. Now, this is a brand new dispensary that's opening in New Jersey. And we had a kind of spur-of-the-moment conversation, and it was really good. Monica has such a unique perspective because she was a pharmacist who turned into a cannabis advocate. And she has really pushed the industry forward by using cannabis as a medicine. And over and over and over again, you talk to people and when it gets to the heart of the issue, cannabis, the plant, it, it really has the power to transform people's lives. And Monica is working with people with various health conditions to use cannabis as a way to kind of help treat those, those problems without having to use these really heavy drugs. And we all know that the cannabinoid system in our human body matches up with the cannabinoid system in the marijuana plant. And it's so amazing to see someone using science and using her experience as a pharmacist to help people with their health conditions using this instead of other types of medicine. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Monica. And she shares also some insights into what it takes to open a dispensary in New Jersey and the steep learning curve that everyone from licensing to finding a location has to go through when they're opening up a brand new dispensary. Well, welcome to the KayaCast podcast. I've got Monica here and she is a dispensary owner out of New Jersey, and we're gonna hear her story. Tell me a bit about your background. So you you can go into like your background of your. I'll give it away. You're you were a pharmacist. Yes, I'm a pharmacist by trade, and got into the cannabis industry. I guess about five years ago, Pennsylvania actually requires pharmacists on premise in their dispensary. Oh, yeah. So I found this company. They were mom and pop. I kind of stocked them out a little bit. I just wanted to know. I wanted to you know dabble, dip my toes in, and started just consulting there for patients and found out I loved it. Just gonna be my passion from then on. So stayed on at the company, ran all three of their medical dispensaries in Pennsylvania. And then sadly we got bought out in May of 2021, which, you know, bittersweet, but yeah. they actually asked me then to come on as a partner instead of just working for them, which is amazing. So I'm working with this family now. We are building an adult use dispensary in Ewing, okay. New Jersey, and we're gonna see where that journey takes us. So what is the name of the dispensary you're building in Ewing? So our dispensary is Canna Remedies. Again, tying the roots back to the medical side that we love and came from. You always have to honor that, but um, really looking forward to just wellness and what cannabis can bring a lot of people. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. That's the overarching theme that I keep 
hearing people talk about is, you know, it's not just this, like it's been vilified. Obviously there's the war on drugs and the, you know, the effects of that on marginalized communities, but people over and over again, when you start working in this industry, it's more than a drug. It's a life changing plant that has so many remedies to it. Well, it's interesting to me just to be in starting in the industry, you almost get scared to say you're in it because people start to judge. Oh. What are you doing? Um, but as I talk more to people and say, yeah, I'm working in a dispensary, the amount of people who just have questions and that's just it. They want to understand. And it just takes time to be, this is what I do. This is, you know, we're in a dispensary. It's just like going to a pharmacy or going to Target. So it's interesting to see that. And I laugh too. I've had a few patients of mine who say, you know, they're at the soccer games and they're trying to be like sneaking down a gummy or a capsule. And then their buddy next to them's like, oh yeah, do you want mine instead? And it just, it starts to breed this whole community that we didn't realize was there before, but it's great being able to talk about it for once and not have to feel so shamed about yeah. what you're doing. Well, it, it's like a closet community that's like now we're coming out and we're like expressing that like this is a life changing plan yeah. and it has so much good. I mean, obviously anything to like overindulgence can be a bad thing. You Absolutely. know, you eat too much peanut butter, you're going to feel sick and too much cannabis can make you feel sick. But the right amount can really make a difference in your life. So out out of your background of being a pharmacist, how do you view kind of that, the shift from like, here's drugs, here's like big pharma to now you're prescribing people with a natural cure that actually works? Probably my, my favorite point of cannabis is that there is no set dose, which I know sounds weird from the perspective of medicine. I'm come from the, you've got five milligrams and it's 10 milligrams and that is it. There's no skewing it. So I actually love the fluctuations that cannabis allows because most people's disease states, they're not, you know, a straight line. There's so many ups and downs, good days, bad days. I mean, our pain patients, Today I'm a five, today I'm a 10. And with cannabis, it allows that fluctuation where with your Percocet, you get that one Percocet, it yeah. doesn't matter if you're a five or a 10. So I love that we can kind of get away from that and start looking at how do we treat in the moment rather mm. than just trying to, as a whole, be like, well, this has to work for everybody, which is very hard for doctors to comprehend. And where it gets tricky is a lot of times we actually got in with a few nursing homes and actually a few childcare facilities, which okay. I know is a very touchy subject, yeah. but these were autism patients and they were in a facility and the facility wanted to be able to allow them to medicate. So we had to go over dosing protocols and what a titration schedule looked like and to still be fully funded and everything, you have to have training and then documentation. So there's a lot that goes into it, but when you have a pharmacist behind it at least laying it out Mm. saying okay we're going to start with two drops three drops four drops and we're going to hold here for a little while it does help and that's actually how we destructured in pennsylvania was written medical direct like directions and not to be like this is what you have to take but this is how you start and this is how you progress when you find that hold point stay there yeah and it i love it i really do well there's experimentation with it that Mm -hmm. like when you're prescribed medicine, it, you're experimenting with it just as much. Yeah. Like if your doctor gives you blood pressure medication, he's like, well, we'll take this and we'll see how it goes. And he doesn't know like what mm-hmm. it's going to do to your system. You could be taking medication for anxiety and it could make you gain weight or make you have all these negative side effects. Yeah. Where if we were able to get past the point of like, oh, um, you're prescribing cannabis for anxiety? Yes, because that's what the plant does. It works with our core Mm -hmm. system and changes like how our brain 
works in a positive way. It's so amazing the different effects and coming from again the world of pharmacy where people have pills for pills and I have a pill for this side effect from this pill and it just gets a little out of control so to be able to work with a plant that I can say hey yeah this is you got pain and anxiety let's just stick with this one strain and see how that goes first and yeah. not have to be like well this is for your pain this is for your anxiety this is for your sleep because it's never just one thing in a patient's life yeah. even with blood pressure it's generally not just one thing no. you know there's a lot of times a sedentary lifestyle and what's going to, I'm sedentary because I'm depressed. And there's these whole links that it's nice to know a plant can look at a lot of those different overlapping illnesses. Well, and the science and technology now is getting so advanced in cannabis. Like I, I spoke earlier with someone from Wana brands, like the Wana gummies. Yeah. They have indica strains that can help you fall asleep, but now they're creating something that helps you stay asleep. Yeah. They've added melatonin to some, mm -hmm. which everybody takes. Yeah. And then taking it out of others. So they're able to like, not just like, oh, I'll take some Indica to fall asleep. It's like, you want to fall asleep or do you want to stay asleep? Or like what sort of an experience where you can't even tailor that with no. prescription drugs that way. No. Like, and most people, the side effects from their sleep pills, I mean, the amount of people who come through our dispensary because they were a sleepwalker on Ambien or, and I mean, I had a person who actually cooked a meal. Oh, wow. Burn their house down. Yeah. You, know, you're, you don't know what you're doing. Yes, it worked, but it could also turn very sideways very quickly. So it is nice to have something that's more controlled. And what I've learned is even technology, like you're saying, one of the, my favorite products was there was a pod device that you could actually set the dosing to. It was a PaxPod device. So we had a few Parkinson's patients who wanted to vape to help kind of with their symptoms in the moment, but they can't work a battery. And to hope that they're only inhaling as much as they want, you can actually set the dose amount mm. there. So they'd say, I want a small puff, a medium, and get a consistent dose without having to worry about, did I accidentally my jerky motions or whatever would be the times didn't allow me to inhale properly. So that's been amazing for a lot of our patients. And I know I'm going to get a lot of pushback on this, but we actually ended up using that for an autistic patient once because their fits would come on so rapidly. And the mom had originally been using one of the like volcano devices to mm. dose the child, but like it gets very hard to get them to, again, inhale that right amount in that perfect time. So when she was able to have a device that was giving a set small amount, very controlled, she knew what she was giving them. It was a game changer yeah. for her. Well, I watched a, a Nova, like Nova from PBS. There's a documentary yeah. about cannabis with kids yeah. with autism and, you know, there that's like as big of a stigma as it gets oh like yeah. should i you know give my child like this thing that can really help but there's still that like no it's the devil's weed why would you give that to a kid but it can help so i'm curious with those studies did you find a big difference with kids using cannabis yes <laughs> it yeah. sounds weird even coming out of my mouth it does. Like, it's, and you still I mean there's still like bite the tongue moments yeah. when you say it and it shouldn't be that way probably some of our bigger success stories we did have a nonverbal child actually be able to start using like one and two word phrases so that was really I mean again for us to say one or two word phrases you're like what does that mean for yeah. those parents that was everything we had another child who <sighs> It was very complicated. He wouldn't come out of the basement, wouldn't put clothing on, it was just very, and nonverbal. And the day that we got him to the right dose was actually able to 
get dressed that day, walk out from the basement, didn't leave the house, but left the room of most comfort. And it was like, that was that first progress step. And that's what we see a lot is what's that first step? Yeah. And then, okay, now we know what the baseline is. Let's keep moving from there. Some of the other ones, we had a set of twins, actually, which I didn't Hmm. realize this until working in cannabis. And that's my fault as a medical professional for not knowing this ahead of time. They were autistic twins with totally different symptoms. One was nonverbal, would not recognize it like their twin, like would not speak to her, would not anything. And the other one, she was verbal and just more so the social skills, you know, Mm. more of like an Asperger's type. And to me, it was just fascinating. You know, two twins, you know, a set of twins, autistic, and they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. But what was interesting was finally when we got him into the right dose, he started acknowledging his twin, started engaging with his sister. And for the parents, that was like, you know, that it was a huge step for them. One of our other ones, autistic patients on the more social skills, she actually ended up getting a job, which was like, that was her goal. And and it's fun to find out what the goals are because it's not usually what people are thinking. Sometimes it's the parents who end up being the ones who we target. And not to say target, but you see the toll it takes on that family. That stigma really does. It's killing them. And there's a whole like PTSD that comes from parenting a child, you know, a child with autism. So a lot of times after we've taken care of the kid, it starts to become about taking care of the parents so that they can be better caretakers to themselves and to their child. What is kind of the policy that like, is there a policy change that needs to happen for more openness towards kids to be able to find this medicinal use for cannabis? I think there needs to be more understanding first. As far as policy change, the biggest thing that I see these parents come up against is a school system because it's a drug-free school zone. And if your kid needs to medicate partway through the day, like you can send your kid in with Adderall. Oh, yeah. You can send them in with Xanax. It does like the schools are fine with that. Oh, yeah. Take the pills. But you have an autistic child that needs to dose midday, that's a no-no. So these parents, there's some who had to quit their jobs so that they could go pick up their kid at lunchtime, take them out of school Mm. to be able to dose them to then put them back in school. And that's the only way that they could get it done. And that's a shame. I mean, you shouldn't have to quit your job. Why do you have to choose between working and your child being healthy? There's, I think there's just a lot of misconception and misnomer there where, again, you let Adderall through the door, you let Xanax through the door, but you won't let this autistic child take a tincture yeah. in the middle of the day. When you look at like how far we've come, but how far we still have to go, yeah. there's still so far, like there's still 19 states that don't allow any use, like in the United States. And there's people being locked up for a crime while other people a state over are making millions of dollars on it. And like, we still have so, so far to go, you know? We really do. And I think the hardest part that I see is, you know, it's not just, yeah, that person who's locked up, like we need to take care of that, but we also need to take care of their family. There's a whole ripple effect that goes from that one person being locked up to everything that they touch just being damaged because of a plant. We got to do better. Totally. Now, from a business side, because you went from being, you know, like a staff member to being a partner, like how has that shift happened in your brain? Like, does that make you feel like, oh man, I've got like a lot of like responsibility and this is kind of scary. I know if I went and became a partner, that would change a lot of things. So how has that been for you on a business side? It's oddly, and this is going to sound weird because it's very opposite, it's oddly empowering and mm. humbling all at the same time yeah. to actually be able to have my say in how I want things to be. And don't get me wrong, this the group I'm with has always taken the word of their staff, valued it, what yeah. needs to happen. But it's nice to actually be 
making the change, making what I yeah. want to see. You know, this is how I want to see it. This is how it should be done. We should be educating. So that's great. Where it's humbling is recognizing the weaknesses. I am not, I didn't go to pharmacy school to learn real estate no. and or business law. Yeah. And there's a lot of little facets that I think opening up a dispensary people don't realize and that you need to have a strong team around yeah. you because if you don't, it's just, it's too overwhelming. There's no way I could Security learn Security and accounting yeah. and like mm -hmm. you said, ta like all this stuff and it's like, and that's actually, that's the point of this whole podcast is we try and interview a lot of different people because I work for Kaya Push, which is like a people management system. So right. for dispensaries, we do your HR, we do all of that stuff. But that's one little tiny component mm -hmm. of running your dispensary. And for a lot of people, it's like, yeah, we'll figure that out once we get the doors open. And do you have some good like partnerships with different companies or yeah. how have you sorted that out? Because I know New Jersey is kind of still opening and a lot of people are, it's just down the road, you know? Yeah. We have some great partnerships, some partnerships from even what we carried over from Pennsylvania. I mean, our HR team that we source there, I still keep in touch with because I agree with you. I think one of the biggest things that's missed is HR in yeah. cannabis. And we were even guilty of that in Pennsylvania of being like, but we have to get past this inspection first. Yeah. Yeah, we have to, and you push it to the side. But no, we do have some great partnerships with our security firms. Actually, we were lucky enough that our one security member who became our head of security, okay. he ended up starting his own security firm now, which wow. is amazing to see. That's the one thing I love about cannabis is like everybody gets to start finding their niche. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's stopping anybody from doing better for themselves. And hopefully other companies are working that way. I mean, that's how we kind of believed it. But he was a connection to, he was an ex-prison guard. There's all these prison guards who, due to injury, can't work in the prisons anymore. But what are they going to do? So he started building a network to get them set up, which was amazing. That's he cool. himself was a disabled veteran. So it was great to see him just now thriving in that. We still have a connections to growers from Pennsylvania, which is nice. Both MSOs, but also some smaller grows that started in Pennsylvania like we did and are trying now to to find what the next step is because yeah. unfortunately pretty much all of Pennsylvania's MSO now even yeah. the mom and pop growers have gone but hopefully we'll get to work with them again because it was great it was yeah. great having those nice relationships with smaller companies and what's kind of the climate right now in New Jersey as far as other businesses and <laughs> you know your face kind of shows it all it's yeah it's hard to, to hide that no it's you know it's hopeful which is still good but there is a lot of there's a lot of stop and go. We have in the state of New Jersey right now, we have over 900 licenses out. Okay. That's across the board from cultivator to manufacturer to dispensaries. However, when the majority of the state still hasn't opted in, you have limited. I think we're only at 27% of the state has opted in for counties. You've 900 licenses. You don't have 900 spots no. in these counties. So it's a lot of fighting for real estate, which is just not happening for people because even these towns who opted in, they said this is the one block that you can put cannabis on. There's one building for sale on that one block. How are you supposed to put anything more there? So it's been a very interesting fight to get. I don't want to say fight. It is a work in progress. Yeah. Work in progress is definitely a better word because there are municipalities who are now realizing you're right. We zoned it because people were afraid. I don't want it in my backyard, not near my kids. Not So they were trying to zone it away, but not realizing they didn't leave any room for actual real estate in that. So a lot of counties are rethinking their zoning policies and that, but that takes time. You know, yeah. it's not just one board meeting. They have a very supportive business association in New Jersey and they keep saying out, and they're not wrong in their statement. Mm. We provide access, we don't guarantee success. So there is a point where we do have to take ownership on our own, you know, and I tell people, you can't find real estate online get off your butt, go walk down the street, door to door and say, hey, that looks like a closed building. It's in the right zone. 
Who owns it? How long have they been out of there? Like, who do I have to call? Sometimes it is just you get in the dirt. You got to get in the trenches. Otherwise, you know, you're just going to be waiting for somebody else to take your spot. You can't wait for it. You got to go for it. Once you get that spot, you have to have something that kind of differentiates your business from the other ones around you. So looking at Canna Remedies, what sort of is your unique brand statement or what makes unique? Obviously, they've got you. That's (laughs) unique, like having a pharmacist that knows medicine and knows all of dosage and all of that but what makes you guys unique and stand out i mean there's a million cannabis brands that are wellness and health and that's great there should be i mean what we should be promoting i think what our niche is and what we really like to focus on is that re-entry point and what i mean by that is those are reintroductions probably a better word what we do well is those people who said I mean, I tried it once in college, but I don't know what to do. And I'm like, it's fine. Come in. You don't have to know what to do. We will help you. And we were big proponents of this in Pennsylvania, too. I had demos of everything. Pre-COVID, obviously, I would allow people to try. It was flavored juice, you know, in a vape pen. But they would get to practice the motion. I had a 95-year-old woman who she tried pills. She tried all that. She's like, it's not right. It's like, please try a vape pen for me. Just try. She practiced on that, and I, her eyes lit up the moment she saw the vapor come out of her mouth. She did it right, and she was so proud of herself. And that, for me, was the most amazing moment, just having that connection with that person yeah. to say, you did it, and now you're going to go home, and you're going to be fine. Like, we, you, you can do this. It's absolutely okay. And I think that's a lot of what we offer is just being able to be, it's okay. Let's sit down. Let's go through it. Let's go through what your fears are. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's not a big deal. We all were scared at some point. We all had to start somewhere. Yeah, Nobody came right. out of the moon being like, I'm an amazing cannabis smoker. <laughs> you learned. So that's really what we work on is that reintroduction point for mm. people and making it less threatening. If you can create that environment where it is a welcoming and and there's so many different ways to consume now. You know, like I I prefer oil. Like I in Canada we actually have a spray. So I love it. I'm like, a big fan of the sprays. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, and I always do it like right before bed. Like I use like an yeah. indica strain because it helps me to stay asleep. But I don't, I'm not going to go outside. It's Canada. So it's freezing yeah. out. I'm not going to go outside <laughs> and, you know, have the flowers. So I love that you guys are offering reentry. That's an interesting term. I haven't heard that. Of like, okay. you know, when I was in high school, sure, I smoked and then watched James and the Giant Peach with my friend Matt Capizzi. And that <laughs> was a terrible experience. <laughs> And I've never tried it again to like, now I use it every day to help me in a beneficial way. I think that's the key point. It's just making people realize that it can be part of the everyday. It doesn't have to be, but it can be. Yeah. And it doesn't, it does not have to be scary. That is our key focus is it doesn't have to be. Yeah. You know? Looking at what you guys have built there, what is kind of like a tip or like a nugget that you could pass on to other dispensaries or business owners that are looking to enter in the cannabis space? I always tell people, expect the unexpected. It comes down to research and planning, and there's no such thing as too much research and planning when it comes to cannabis. I mean, you've got to know everything from your town to your community to knowing who your investors are. I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to appease them too. But at the end of the day, who your customer base is, who your competition is, who your growers are, you've got to know all of them. There is no such thing as too much research. Know it in and out, everything about them, because you've got to sell their products. You've got to set yourself apart. You've got to ingrain yourself in that community so that you have a loyal base. So research, reaches, reacher, and yeah. then plan. I am the queen of plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Yeah. Like, let's go through the alphabet because in cannabis, 
what can go wrong will go wrong. It is Murphy's Law to the T. So yes, be prepared for everything because what you think you're setting out for is never what you're going to end up with. You hear all the horror stories of like, oh, well, we just didn't know this. And so you have to prepare. You have to, like you said, every letter of the alphabet plan, Mm -hmm. A, B, C, D. Oh, that's, but that is encouraging to know that like on the other side of all of that, if you plan, you prepare, you have a brand that can stand out, like it can be a really rewarding career. It absolutely can. I mean, I would not trade this for the world. And I think a lot of people who get into the cannabis industry find that it, that, that passion. It's you either love it or you hate it. And a lot of people who stay in this industry, it's just, it's so much ingrained in such a passion. That's who they are. Yeah. So how can people find out more about you? You know, if they want to connect and say, look, I, you know, maybe it's a pharmacist that wants to enter the field and needs yeah. some needs some tips. Like, how can people reach out to you and find out more about Canna Remedies? Absolutely. So our website is cannaremediesnj.com. We are on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Canna Remedies NJ. So just look for us. We're yeah. out there. And we love the questions. That's what we that's what we live off of. <laughs> that's so good. Well, thanks for taking the time to chat and share. Like, it's such an interesting perspective that you have coming as a pharmacist now into cannabis. And I think it's, you know, I've talked to so many people this week that have said, like, we need everybody in this field. Yeah. We need architects. We need lawyers. Mm-hmm. We need accountants. We need, you know, every single type of trade that you could imagine. We need a cleaning staff at the end of the day. You need people, just drivers exactly. to deliver products. It's all there. So, and if you don't think you can do it, you can't. There's so many opportunities. I made a career shift into cannabis and I would never look back. Yeah. So awesome. Well, Monica, we will have all of your information on the show notes. <laughs> and when this podcast comes out, like, People will be flooding your inbox with questions. I'm of ready like, for it. I'm ready to change. <laughs> Give me the hope. So thank you for being on the well, podcast. And we me. really appreciate it. No, this was wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah. Once again, I want to thank Monica for taking the time to chat with me. You know, we ran across each other's paths at MJ BizCon, and I was so thrilled when I started interviewing her and finding out her story, her unique perspective, and really, you know, her, where she's at in New Jersey, it's a difficult place to be opening right now because, you know, like she shared, there's so many barriers uh, for new dispensaries that are opening. And so we we applaud Monica and everyone over at Canon Remedies and Jay for what they're doing how they are blazing a path forward in this new market. And so again, Monica, thank you for sharing your story, sharing your science, sharing your uh, experience going from being a pharmacist to now a cannabis advocate and medical professional in that field. I want to thank everyone who has been listening to the podcast, subscribing, commenting on our social media. It's so awesome to meet this great community of people that are passionate about cannabis business. And we look forward to more conversations and more ways to share stories about people who are launching, growing, and scaling their cannabis business. Thanks for listening to the KayaCast podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcast app or visit our website to learn more about our guests and to access the full archive of episodes from the show. Join us next time as we continue to explore the world of cannabis and help you grow, launch, and scale your business.